Life Audio. The Bible Study Podcast, episode 853. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Psalms with the first part of Psalm 119. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. As I mentioned, we're going to be tackling Psalm 119 starting today, but not finishing today. This is the longest chapter in the Bible, and it's nearly 180 verses long. And so we're going to do it in three parts. But first, before we get started, a word from this sponsor. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Psalm 119 is an interesting psalm because it is an acrostic psalm. It is a psalm where each of these 22 sections begins with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, 22 sections of the psalm. And it starts like this. And I'm going to do and I'm going to do it one letter at a time and then that'll give me an idea where to stop this episode, where to break this episode into the first part. Aleph, blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I praise you with an upright heart. As I learn your righteous laws, I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. An interesting section here. We're talking about blessed are those whose ways are blameless. And yet the psalmist is telling us that his ways are not blameless, uh, which is interesting. And that's true of all of us, but we don't always have the humility to say it. It's true of pastors. It's true of psalmists. It's certainly true of podcasters as well. And so the And so the psalmist says, blessed are those who follow God, who are obedient to God, who always are doing the right things, who keep his statutes on their hearts, who keep the law of the Lord on our hearts, keep what pleases God close to them. So we're thinking about and seeking what God would want them to be doing, not just Sunday mornings, obviously, but also throughout their lives. So how are they supposed to react when that coworker says something? How are they supposed to send that email? Where should their eyes be going on social media or on media? Or what should they be reading? Or when in everything they're doing, the idea of what would please God is close to them. They do no wrongs, but follow his ways. 
And, but oh, that my way were steadfast in obeying your decrees. And this is my prayer as well. I wish I were better at being obedient. And then it says, and then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. So as the psalmist thinks about all the things that he should do or all the things that he shouldn't do. And remember, it's not always just the shouldn'ts. We tend to focus on the that what pleases God is the things we don't do. And that is not true. It's actually, I think God focuses more on the things that we do. How do we treat people and how much are we showing love? Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn the righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. So I will learn. I will get better. I will grow. And Lord, be patient with me is almost what I hear here with the do not utterly forsake me. And then continuing on, Beth, that's the letter, not the person. How can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your words in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. You can see we're already starting to build the theme here of obedience and the law of God and keeping that close to us as we go into this second of 22 sections here. So how can someone stay on the path of purity, and then by living according to your word. That's not just true for young people, but it's true for all of us. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. Help me with this, Lord. There are temptations. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Again, I think that idea of keeping what pleases God close to us, keeping it close to our heart and mind. Praise be to the Lord. Teach me your decrees. So, I have, I don't know about you, much to learn still. I am 63 years old and will still be learning, I'm hoping, for the rest of my life. Now, this would have been a tough month for me. I've shared it a little bit that my father died on the 17th of January. My mother died on the 30th of January after being in the hospital for four days. They were 96 and 97, 97 for my father, 96 for my mother. And one of the things that they modeled for me is this attitude that I haven't finished learning yet. That, you know, there was always a Bible study to go to. My mom especially would always be there. They met in a Bible study back when my dad was in college. And yet there wasn't a point they said, well, I know everything. And I think that is a good model for us here that there is always more to learn. And one of the reasons there's more to learn is if we did this passage next week or the week after or a year from now, I'm sure I would see different things. As you read it three years from now, you'll see different things depending on where you are because the word of the Lord is alive and and living and God is able to use it to speak into our individual circumstances. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. So the psalmist isn't just reading the scripture, but is recounting it, is telling it to other people as well. 
And it has this great taste in his mouth here. Rejoice in it as one rejoices in great riches. And I think that is part of the attitude of a mature Christian here is to understand that I may even give up great riches or I may even give up things that would lead to success in the world's definition for being close to God and the people of God. And that's okay because there's great riches in that also. I meditate in your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. So I don't just read your word. I don't just listen to a podcast about it or a sermon about it or whatever. But I spend some time thinking about what does that mean for me and how can I do that better? Again, it's it's easy for us to know love your neighbor as yourself. That doing it and then figuring out how to do it today and tomorrow, that takes some work. And then the next letter is Gimel. Be good to your servant while I live, that I may obey your word. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. I am a stranger on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. You rebuke the arrogant who are accursed, those who stray from your commands. Remove from me their scorn and contempt, for I keep your statutes. Though rulers sit together and slander me, your servant will meditate on your decrees. Your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. So be good to me while I live that I may obey your word. Remember me so that I can continue this process, continue this journey in growing. And open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. What a great prayer. Open my eyes that I can continue to be astonished at the love of God that I see in the scriptures, continue to be astonished at the wisdom that I see. Isn't it interesting to see something through someone else's eyes who sees it for the first time? That's one of the things I find with teaching when I'm in in person teaching. Obviously, I don't get that as much through the podcast. I don't get to see what's happening with you. I don't get to see lights go on sometimes, as I hope they do. But I've had that when I was, for instance, teaching in juvenile hall. And the excitement of seeing someone who sees wonderful things in the scripture and and who has that spark of, oh, I get that. And the prayer here is that we would be like that, that we would continually come back and learn as if we were seeing it for the first time. I'm a stranger on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. A stranger here on earth, this is this is not my home. This is not where I belong. And this will never be where I belong. There's certainly a community of faith here where I belong, and I certainly hope you have one as well. But the way that the world works is not the way that God's kingdom works. And so we live here as strangers. We live here, though, also as ambassadors. So not just supposed to be people who don't like what's going on in the world, but people who are working to make it better and to bring the law of the Lord here. And when I say the law of the Lord, I don't mean it in a legalistic sense, but I mean to bring the way that God wants things done, done. And again, remember, if you ask Jesus, to summarize all the commands, his summary is all about love, loving God and loving your neighbor. So bringing those commands here means acting out that love. It doesn't just mean the do nots. I don't do this. I don't do that. It means who are the people of God and how do they make 
the world around them. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. And so I desire to that closeness with God that comes through understanding God's word better. You rebuke the arrogant who are accursed, those who stray from your commands. Remove me from their scorn and contempt, for I keep your statutes. If we are faithful to God, that may lead to someone not getting us, not understanding us, laughing at us, rebuking us. And why should that matter? Because we know whose approval we should be seeking. The rulers sit together and slander me. Your servant will meditate on your decrees. Your statutes are my delight, and they are my counselors, that I can gain wisdom from the reading, from the hearing of the scripture. Continuing on, the fourth letter is Daleth. I am laid low in the dust. Preserve my life according to your word. I gave an account of my ways, and you answered me. Teach me your decrees. Cause me to understand the way of your precepts, that I may meditate on your wonderful deeds. My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Keep me from deceitful ways. Be gracious to me and teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set my heart on your laws. I hold fast to your statutes, Lord. Do not let me be put to shame. I run in the path of your commands, for you have broadened my understanding. So at this point, the in almost this separate psalm, and this is almost what this is, it's, doesn't it feel like 22 different psalms, although all around this theme so far of the Word of God and meditating on the Word of God and keeping close to the Word of God. But in this section here, the psalmist is laid low in the dust. The psalmist is going through one of those difficult times. I understand difficult times this month. I got to watch my mother, who was married to my father for 67 years, was confident that my father, a man of faith, had gone to heaven, but was in agony over the loss of him. That 67 years was so hard, and I think that's one of the reasons she followed so closely after him. But there are times we are laid low in dust, and we go to the word for the promises of God, and we go to the word to preserve our life. I gave an account of my ways, and you answered me. Teach me your decrees again. Continually help me to learn. Cause me to understand the way of your precepts that I may meditate on your wonderful deeds, that meditating coming back again. But my soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. There are weeks like that. There are months like my January where we are weary with sorrow. You know, sometimes that's depression and we need to do something about that. We need to talk to people about it. Sometimes it's just a rough time that we're getting through. And again, though, it doesn't help to be talking people about it, but also taking it to God and and spending time in Scripture, in places here like Psalms that lift us up. Keep me from deceitful ways. Be gracious to me and teach me your law. I've chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set my heart on your laws. And obedience is a choice, and it's not one choice. It's not a choice we made way back at an altar some time ago, but it's a daily, hourly, minute-by-minute choice. What can I do at this time? I understand what God wants. What will I do this time? I hold fast to your statutes, Lord. Do not let me be put to shame. I run in the path of your commands, for you have broadened 
my understanding. You know, I think the idea that I was going to finish this chapter in in three parts was optimistic because we were already gone a little long at this point, and I think that's probably a good place to stop. We stop with the psalmist who is looking for hope in a time where they are weary with sorrow. I pray that this week, whatever sorrows you're dealing with, that God will be with you and that he will bless you and then you will continue to meditate on his word. And with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.